The following podcast contains material that some people may find triggering or upsetting. If you suffer from a mental health condition, or think that you may do, consult your doctor. I am not a professional. Have you ever spoken to yourself in your head before? I think we all do, in some way or another. Maybe you encourage yourself during a workout. Promise yourself it's just one more press-up. Maybe you ask yourself questions while trying to solve a problem at work. Maybe you rehearse things you want to say ahead of time, going over it in your mind before you speak. Maybe you tell yourself it'll be alright when you're sad. This is oh, so no, I need to do, do that. Oh, why am I going to do anything right? Please, what she To be blunt, my inner voice is an asshole. More often than not, the monologue I hear in my mind is trying to drag me down. It's persuasive, it's eloquent, and it's despicable. It uses these powers to make incredibly convincing arguments that decimate my self-esteem, which, as it happens, is quite a regular occurrence. My thoughts are my nemesis, and yet they're still me. You're going to be alone forever. Nobody loves you. You make me sick. You're a failure. Everyone ugly hates you. You should be dead. You are horrible. She despises you. You are a self-absorbed narcissist. Someone like you're irresponsible. Shit. You'll never be happy. Right now, at this exact second, I have the clarity and sense of well-being to identify my thoughts during my low moods as unproductive, illogical, and wrong. But in the moment, it's like being in a dream and being unable to tell that you're dreaming. When I'm down. I look at my positive self as naive, a pretentious child hiding behind flimsy arguments to avoid confronting the fact that he sucks and he doesn't belong here. Maybe you've felt this way too, or maybe you've just had the occasional negative impression of yourself you just can't quite shake. Either way, we need to find a way to verify our thoughts. We need to recognize when our thoughts are wrong and determine which ones we should believe in. We need to put our thoughts on trial. The court is in session. This is Burdens, Episode 3. More than perhaps anything else I'm going to talk about in these podcasts, this topic is the closest to my heart. It's a subject that resonates with me because this is what I experience on a daily basis. More often than not, I'm fighting this battle. And the first thing to understand about my thoughts is that they can spiral. It's hard to explain, but sometimes the things that trigger me can be trivial, unimportant events. Things that don't matter, like one-off comments and minor inconveniences, can really knock me on my ass. I've been triggered by almost everything, from self-service checkout machines being difficult, or just eating too much for one meal, or having a minor setback at work. Even things which should make me happy, like seeing photos of my friends on Facebook or hearing about an exciting development in their lives, have been known to set me off. From there, I'll have a negative thought. Maybe, I can't do this right, or... I'm not good at this, or I should be doing that. Negative thoughts come in lots of different flavours, and we're going to categorise them today so that they're easier to identify. 
And the reason we want to identify them is because if you're like me, you need to put a stop to them fast. Because if you let those thoughts fester, they're going to grow. Moments later, those thoughts might have evolved into, I can't do anything right, or my life is not what it should be. And it's not long before you can find yourself feeling like your entire existence is flawed and that you don't deserve to be here. That everything is wrong. Given enough time, these thoughts can alter your core beliefs and make you profoundly sad. I know that because I've been there. Before we move on, I want to say that everybody experiences negative thoughts from time to time. The big difference between someone with depression and someone who doesn't is that someone going through a psychological low mood will experience these thoughts more often and they won't be able to dismiss them as easily. But even if you don't suffer from any condition, you might find this really useful to help spot when your thoughts are unhelpful or irrational. Okay. Deep breath. Let's get to it. The first type of thinking we can categorise is called black and white thinking. It's sometimes also called all or nothing thinking. And it's the one I wanted to talk about first because it's the easiest to identify. When you're engaging in this type of thinking, you're mistakenly believing that everything is binary and you're not leaving any room for nuance or middle ground. The reason this is easy to spot is because there are certain words people use when they're doing it. Quite a lot of words, actually. But here's four of the most common. Always. Never. Ruined. Perfect. So if you're thinking, my party is ruined, I always do this, I never get anything right. Ding ding ding, you're black and white thinking. Chances are the party is not actually ruined, and you don't always do that, and you do get things right, at least sometimes. Similarly, we sometimes engage in what's called living by fixed rules, which is also quite easy to spot for similar reasons. If you use words like ought to, should, and must, then you're probably setting yourself inflexible rules for life. I should have been promoted. I ought to be in a relationship by now. Things like that. These kind of thoughts only serve to make you miserable. There are no fixed rules for life. You need to set yourself sensible, achievable goals, rather than comparing yourself to fixed expectations you think society has for you. We're going to talk about goals in more detail next week. A lot of negative thoughts come from thinking that we have psychic powers. And you might be thinking right now, that's ridiculous, I don't believe I have psychic powers. And maybe you're right, but actually the majority of people do this in some way. We believe that we can read minds, or that we can predict the future. And the obvious problem with that is, we can't. You don't know that she hates you. You don't know that your meeting next Friday is going to be a disaster. But we think these things, and we put stock in them as if they're real possibilities, or even believe them as certainties. And that's really damaging. I do this all the time. I'm constantly catastrophizing about the future. And I'm always thinking that I know what other people are thinking about me. The last type of thinking I want to talk about is about how we perceive our lives and the events that take place within them. There's a few ways that we do this. One of them is usually called critical self or mislabeling, and it's when we think that we are the cause of anything bad that goes wrong. Instead of focusing on the error itself, you focus on yourself. A classic example is thinking, I am a hopeless failure, when you should just be thinking, I didn't do very well on that exam. Another way we do it is called compare and despair. We see the good and positive aspects of other people's lives, and we compare them to the negatives in our own lives. 
I like to call this Facebook thinking, because I feel like social media is the place we all engage in this on a regular basis, comparing our own behind the scenes to everyone else's highlight reel. Lastly, and perhaps most importantly, there's a type of thinking which is commonly called mental filtering. Focusing on the negatives and ignoring the positives. And what sucks about this type of thinking is that it really makes it harder to get better. This is the type of thinking that makes you feel like you'll always be unhappy, no matter how great your life is. You think about the fact that someone left your party early, and not the fact that everyone else had a great time and stayed all night. You might get a compliment on your clothes, and instead of appreciating that compliment, you instead think that your clothes must suck every other day. Someone might tell you that they like you, and you'll think, well, they must not know me well enough yet. I'm sure they'll hate me soon enough. This type of thinking is common in all depressed people, in my experience. So those are the thoughts, at least the ones I want to cover today. But identifying them is only half the story. Let's say you're, I don't know, walking through the supermarket, and you catch yourself having a negative thought, like the ones I've described. What do you do? How do you fight back? Combating your thoughts is really difficult. It takes a lot of willpower and focus to be able to try and independently talk yourself out of a spiral. This episode is called Thoughts on Trial, and that's what we're going to talk about doing. Challenging your thoughts and comparing them to evidence. And the metaphor of it being like a trial is helpful, because opinions don't matter. We're only concerned with facts. And if a thought is not backed up by enough concrete evidence, then we can find it guilty of being negative and unhelpful and discard it. The first thing to do is to get some distance between yourself and the thought. Reframe it so that it's not being treated like a fact, but something we can assess from the outside. I have a great tip for this, which I was told by a worker from a mental health charity. Take any negative thought and add the words, I feel like, in front of it. So instead of thinking, I'm a failure, which sounds like a fact, it sounds like something you know, turn it into, I feel like I'm a failure. And it's such a subtle change at first, but it makes a big difference. It means you're correctly identifying it as something you're feeling, not necessarily something that is true. Next, you're going to need to write things down. You can't let this argument take place entirely in your mind, because that's where your negative thoughts have the most power. Write a negative thought at the top of the page, and then start two columns, evidence for and evidence against, and start making notes. At first, you'll probably rapidly fill up your evidence for column, but that's okay. Try your best to make some evidence against, no matter how flimsy it seems. Next, challenge that evidence. Let's say your negative thought is, I can't do anything right. This is actually one of the easier ones to argue against, and it's common, so it's a good one to do an example of. At first, you might start writing down, you know, the mistakes that you've made in the evidence for column. That time you burned dinner, that dumb thing you said that upset your friend that one time, etc. But think about it critically. Are those things actually evidence that you never do anything right? No, that wouldn't stand up in court. At worst, they're things you've done wrong recently, but that doesn't mean you never do anything right. To defeat that particular thought, all you really need to do is list some things you have done right. And while it might be hard, everybody has some. Dig deep, find some positives, and you can dismiss that thought outright. Not all thoughts are as easy to counter. Some of them take a long time to unpack and argue against, or maybe aren't even things we can figure out on our own. 
There's no shame in talking to other people about your negative thoughts and getting their perspective. Think of them as being like a witness in your thought trial. With practice, we can sometimes call on our friends and family without having to talk to them every time we have a bad thought. We can simply ask ourselves, what would my friend say about this negative thought? What would I say to my friend if they were thinking it? I mentioned psychic powers earlier, and the fun thing about psychic powers is that you can test them and prove to yourself that you don't have them. Or if it turns out you do, you can join the X-Men and then I can't help you. The way we test our psychic powers is by keeping a thought diary. It's really easy. When we notice ourselves having a predictive thought or reading the mind of others, write that thought down in your diary. Then, periodically, check your diary and write after each thought you had whether or not it came true. Testing precognition is just a matter of time, and if it was a mind-reading thought, you might need to ask someone what they were really thinking about that time, just to find out whether you were right or not. Now, you might sometimes be correct, but if you're anything like me, you'll be surprised to find how wrong you are the vast majority of the time. If I'm the defense attorney in this trial, that's my closing statement. Just how wrong you are the vast majority of the time. We are irrational, illogical beings. We're all guilty of it. And that's okay, as long as we can find a way to understand it and react accordingly. When you bear that in mind, the verdict becomes clear. Case dismissed. So far, I've tried to give you pointers on things you can add to your life, add to your routine, make part of your daily life. And I know, it's quite a lot. So next week, we're taking a step back. We're going to talk about how the hell you fit everything in, how to set good targets, and balance all your activities so that you're not overwhelmed. Join me next time on Burdens. Don't forget to follow Burdens Podcast on Twitter, email burdenspodcast at gmail.com, and subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud.